welcome and uh, and good to see you. Uh, we're back at it again with regards to these uh, these lockdowns here in here in Melbourne in Victoria. Um, the Lord has really laid on me a, a a message for this morning that I hope would be a, an encouragement for you as we consider things moving forward. Um, uh, the only announcement that I've actually got for us is that. Um, Till further notice, we, we're on Zoom. Um, I'll give you some more information uh, directly, just through emails and everything like that, to see how we're going to be going moving moving forward with regards to the um, the uh, with regards to church, with regards to the services, with regards to our Bible studies, with regards to to everything. And we hope and pray that it is only going to be the time frame that they said. Um, there's not too many that actually trust that that's going to be the case, but we'll wait and see. So, um, so we'll pray that the Lord, um, Lord does a work. Um, this one, let's open a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, dear Lord, we thank you, Father, for your matchless grace and your wonderful blessing to each one of us. We thank you, dear Lord, that your word is a light indeed to our path that we can give consideration of it, that we can glorify you through it. And that in every way, dear Lord, you work within our hearts and lives and you turn our hearts, dear Lord, from sadness to joy. And I ask and pray, dear Lord, that you would do so today, that as we go through this message this morning, that it might glorify your name and that it might bless you. And I pray, dear Lord, that you would lead me and that you would lead me, dear Father, in a way that would magnify who you are, and give each one of us the comfort that we need. We give you thanks for this, and I ask you, dear Lord, watch over all of my brethren, bless them abundantly, and let your name be glorified. Amen. The portion of the Bible that we're going to be reading this morning is in um, Psalm 37. Psalm 37. It is a well-known part of the Bible. And if you are not familiar with it, I would definitely suggest you get familiar with it. Um, and you'll see it as we go through it. You'll see it's fairly self-explanatory. I'm going to be looking at expounding this text this morning and I'm going to be needing the Lord's help to be able to do so and, uh, and pray that it will be a blessing to all of you. Psalm 37, middle of your Bibles. It is a Psalm of David. It is a psalm of David and a wonderful, encouraging psalm at that. So when you find your place there, we're going to be reading, taking our text from, from verse 1. And I'm thinking we'll go to, to verse 15. So let's, let's read. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the noonday in thy judgment. Uh, righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. 
Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil, for evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be, yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The wicked plotteth against the just, and gnasheth upon him with his teeth. The Lord shall laugh at him, for he seeth that his day is coming. The wicked have drawn out the sword, and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy, and to slay such as be of upright conversation. Their sword shall enter into their own heart, and their bows shall be broken. King David had endured an incredible affliction within his life. And as a youth, he was tried. As a youth, he was tested. And, um, and he boasts of that to King Saul. Uh, Saul was... Uh, looking for a man who would go against Goliath, this great Philistine who rose up, an evil individual who rose up and cursed the armies of the living God. And, and as the system was back then, if there were two individuals that would fight one to another, then the victor would claim that victory for the entire nation and the entire nation would have to then bow down to, um, to the victor. But oftentimes it moved on from there and, and the victor pursued their enemy who they'd already won in that one-on-one -on -one battle and laid them, uh, laid them out. King David wasn't a king at this time, though he was anointed king by, by Samuel. He was anointed king by Samuel. He was just a ruddy youth, the Bible says. Um, Samuel had many individuals come before him and some of them looked like they had a kingly appearance, but the Lord said he looks on the heart and not on the stature of a man. And young David was already in the field. He was looking after his sheep. And he was anointed king. And then he went back and looked after the sheep again until such time as there was need. And there was indeed a need. There was a cause. There was a cause. And he came to, to see the cause. And when he put himself forward to fight against Goliath, Saul had told him, you're just a youth and this man is a man of war from his youth. And David contended and, and stated clearly that when he had, uh, he'd already been trained for the work, he'd slain the lion and the bear and the lion and the bear both came and took one of the sheep and he'd, he'd plucked that sheep out of their, hair, out of their paw and, and slew them both. He was ready, he was prepared. One of the things that is difficult to prepare for though is when there is a vested interest against an enemy of, of yours that would come against you with a passion. And that's what happened to David. That's what happened to David. David had the king, the very king that would have him sit at his table, uh, the very king whose son befriended David and they loved one another so much. They had such a fondness for one another. They were like brothers themselves. And David had sworn that that Jonathan would actually be by his side ruling and reigning over Israel and the nation when the time would come. David knew that he was anointed king. But Saul came after him. Saul chased after him. Saul, Saul desired his life and he pursued him. And he pursued him avidly. 
And we have this in Psalm 37. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. You know, we often see, think to ourselves that King David was a man after God's own heart and he had the complete trust in the Lord. And yet here we have evidence that he also needed to correct himself with his own anxieties, with his own fears. And he penned these words. He penned these words, fret not thyself, fret not, fret. Fret's an interesting word. It's got a number of different meanings, but here in the text, in its context, it's it's related to its its agitation of mind. It's related to this 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 uh, ruffled temper that he has, or an irritation, or a vexation of spirit. Matter of fact, it he he gives us the synonym of the word directly there in verse eight. It says, "Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil." In other words, do not be angry. Do not be in angry in a way that would cause you to do evil. And that's interesting because last night I'd, I'd, I'd written a sermon already, and it was it was not on this passage. Uh, it was on it was on Romans chapter twelve, and the very next verse that we were up to in, in verse I think it was verse seventeen. And I just want to turn there for a second. Romans chapter twelve, verse seventeen. It was the next verse in our in our lineup. It was the next verse that we were going to be considering with respect to the ongoing study in the book of Romans. And it was simply this recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. And I had um I'd already done the first couple of points and the Lord had sort of changed that about on me this morning and and, and Psalm thirty seven is just it's something that we need. It's something that we need to recognize. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. David was indeed fretting at that time because of the evil of King Saul. And King Saul would come upon him and, and, and David would not do evil against him. He would not reward evil for evil. And we see the case when, when Saul came in and found him in the caves of Engedi and he went inside and he went in there to take rest and, he, and to cover his feet. And, and the Bible teaches us and tells us that, um, that they were in that cave. David, together with his men, were in the cave hiding. And Saul walks right in. And they said to David, here's your chance. Here's your time. Your enemies come. Now you can do exactly what God had commanded, that you can be king over Israel. And he's delivered your enemy into your own hand. And, and David, instead of slaying his enemy, he cut his robe. He cut, it, he cut the skirt of his robe and... and and he stood back and he says, Why unto me if I if I slay the Lord's anointed? And he wouldn't kill him, he wouldn't take his life. And and then when, when Saul had gone down, he left the cave and he'd gone down, David had come out and he called unto the king with his robe in his hand. He said, The Lord delivered you into my hands, and I wouldn't take your life. I wouldn't slay you. I wouldn't reward evil for evil. Because you are the anointed of the Lord. You have been put as the governor, as the ruler over Israel, even though you seek my life. And what am I? What am I, he says? I'm a flea, I'm a dog, I'm, I'm nothing. You're, fl- you're chasing after me like a partridge in the mountains. What am I? 
Christians have the best interests for the people of the world, the best interests for the people of the land, for the people of the nation. We pray for our leaders. We pray for those who rule over us. We, we seek their good. We seek their freedom. We desire that they would also come to the knowledge of Christ, that they would be saved. And yet they have an active enemy against us. They would pursue us like a, like a flea. What are we to you? We don't, we don't cause any grief to you. We don't cause any, any vexation to you. All we desire is your good, and yet you would come after us. You would come to slay us as a, as, as a lion seeking its prey. This is the evil that would come against us, and yet we're charged here in the Scriptures not to reward evil for evil. And then we get the answer. We get the answers given to us there in verse 2. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. They shall soon be cut down as the grass and wither at the, at the green herb. David himself knew that he was anointed of the Lord to rule and to reign and to, and to be governor over all of Israel. But he also says in the scriptures that it's not in his hand that that's to come about. It's not by killing the Lord's anointed that he's come about. But he tells them, he says that his day will come. That he shall fall in battle or he, something will overtake him, but his day will come. You know, but the Lord will do the work and not I. And obviously he's talking about, you know, the, the, the death of, of, of Saul, the death of the king. And indeed, that's exactly what had occurred. We'd seen that both Saul and Jonathan, together with the other sons of Saul, had perished in the, uh, in, in the war. And David, God bless him, he heard the news. He heard the word, he heard the truth of it, and he spoke of Saul in such endearing terms. You know, He was the anointed of the Lord. He was the one to rule and to reign. But it was not his call, it was not his time. To, to deal with these individuals, to deal with those who rule. You see, the thing is, as much as we would like it or not, it's God that puts these people in authority over us. It's, it's God who, um, who has these men to rule and to reign. And we're told in the scriptures exactly why that occurs and, and woe to us if we, if we fret ourselves against them. And we shouldn't be fretting ourselves against them. Romans chapter 13, you're in Romans 12. Have a look at Romans 13. And just from the first verse there. It says there in the text, in the first verse of Romans chapter 13, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works but to the evil. Wilt thou not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil be afraid for he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. We 
often sit there thinking to ourselves that these evil rulers that come upon us, that evil rulers that come upon our way are, uh, are a grief to us as Christians, to the faithful, to those who know the Lord. But I can tell you, looking at history, that that is not the case. Though they would take us and though they would vex us and though they would even slay us if they had the opportunity, yet the work is still of God because these people end up getting ensnared in their own devices. Their own sword comes into them. It says there in verse 15 of our text, their sword shall enter into their own heart and their bows shall be broken. Well, why is that? Well, it tells us in 13 that the Lord shall laugh at him for he seeth that his day is coming. You see, even if these individual rulers who rule over us are evil, and they certainly are evil, we know that they are also there for a specific purpose. And they are to reward evildoers according to their own evil. And I see this time and time and time and time again. I see time again individuals who won't work, and the Bible says they won't therefore eat. They're more than happy to get money for nothing and to go along their way. Problem with that is they are the first ones that end up um, in poverty later on because the Lord has worked in a way they're their rulers that they themselves vote for keep them ensnared. It's got an incredible way of working itself out. Now, recently I've been reading a lot of the history about the First and the Second World War and an incredible thing about that is both the First and the Second World War were started by Germany. And what's interesting about that is Germany, as you all know, were the beginning of the Reformation around the world. The Protestant Reformation began by officially by Luther nailing his 95 theses on the wall of the